is the Stagger Podcast. Welcome into the Stagger Podcast. What is up? I am JD Smith. And just like many of you who may have been drafting billionaires at one point today, but ended up with the dollar fifty, I'm Derek Smith. <laughs> I think you, their name is not Derek Smith, though. That's their funny. name is not Derek Smith. But my name is Derek you. Smith. And at one point, I thought like I was going to have to, you know, retire from work and live off of my DraftKings uh, winnings for the rest of my life. You know, invested in GameStop and AMC and all those fun things like that. But and have our own stagger race team. And then that quickly left me yeah. uh, heartless, you know, like like hopeless with the dollar fifty yeah, from that's... all of my troubles this week. Welcome so, yeah. welcome to uh welcome to daily fantasy sports. It is it can be yeah. rough out there, especially when there's as much chaos as there was yes. this weekend at the Daytona Road Course. And oh yes. buddy was there chaos. So we'll get into all that. <laughs> Plenty to talk about there. Um, we're also we promised this last time we did a podcast. It's been a while since we've talked any IndyCar news. Um, I will tell you, IndyCar fans, what we are going to talk about does involve some NASCAR news, too. But we are going to talk some IndyCar this week because we do love IndyCar and we haven't talked enough of it on the podcast. So that is coming up as well. But that's but, not our fault that they only have a four month long season. I mean, let's be honest. It's not really <laughs> our fault. But that, that season that, I, that, that they literally don't try to compete with anything. Spring training oh, we can't compete with spring training. Uh, that's a little bit too much. NHL playoffs can't do. Nope, can't compete with that. Uh, yeah, we get this window, yeah. May to like Labor Day. We got that. Yeah, that's that. that's their time. That's right. Well, and that's the other thing too is <laughs> I know COVID threw that up to for the loop, well. I'll just, just say like, I'll just say this: like the IndyCar season this year, it's going to yeah. be legit. There's seven or eight guys yes. that could win this whole thing, and so it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about that. And we will do that as we get closer, and we'll have a little IndyCar news today. Uh, but of course, we're going to talk a lot about. The road course at Daytona. Um, I put a poll up on our Twitter, which, of course, you should be following us at Stagger Podcast because, you know, we have lots of little fun things that we talk about there. We occasionally tweet things out that are of interest, maybe if you're a racing fan. But, of course, we tweet all the links to the podcast so you never miss it. Um, I put a poll up, though, that just said, did you enjoy this weekend of racing overall? And uh, 94% of the respondents said yes. So let's just point out that as much as there have been some people who had some hot takes and some things where they said, oh, I didn't like this or I didn't like that or this shouldn't have happened or why did this occur? The reality is, I thought, I don't know about you, Derek, but I thought yeah. this was a pretty good race weekend. I enjoyed the races that I got to watch and uh, really enjoyed the action going around the Daytona road course. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't like uh, Daytona racing? Who doesn't like Daytona racing with lots of excitement? Who doesn't like Daytona racing with drama and people getting mad at each other, people vomiting in their helmets? I mean, this is a this is a cornucopia of I mean, it's a buffet of good racing. And we got to witness a lot. Of I don't like weekend. food references next to vomiting and helmet references. Well, just, you can't get vomiting without food. Well, it just that's, doesn't happen. for those who don't know what we're talking about, if because you, if you don't, here's yeah. a crazy thing. It was such a crazy weekend in NASCAR that I don't know if this story makes the top five of things that have been talked about, but it should be up there as the number one thing. Everyone needs to talk about this. Daniel Suarez vomited in his helmet, vomited in the brand new track house helmet. That is very cool and has a lot of like awesome imagery on it. It's very neat helmet, but he did vomit in his helmet. He said with 25 laps to go in the race, he started to feel ill. Uh, and then with 15 laps to go, he vomited in his helmet. And he said, yes, didn't obviously like no way to avoid doing that. If you've ever seen how a helmet works. And I want to point out that 15 laps mm -hmm. in, you know, it's like a whole stage. I, at, at a road course 15 yeah. laps is an eternity just for anything like if you had to yeah. go to the bathroom or something i mean with all instead, the cautions too oh with all the yes yeah. of course so, i mean it, 15 laps this guy vomited in his helmet and had to drive around smell it oh a couple things he's a, a he, things he needs here. his own trophy for that i think so, we need we need to make a daniel suarez bodily fluids in memoriam trophy because he is surely the iron man of that particular situation yeah, I mean, there's a couple things here. A, if Trackhouse said, hey, does anyone want this helmet? Would we put that in our new studio? No. Okay, no. That's what I figured. I no. just want to make sure. I love that um, helmet, but no. Okay. Uh, by the way. That email. Right by now. the way, if the people at Circle B Diecast get the bright idea of like, hey, we want to, anybody want a race warrant? No. 
Do not put vomit chunks on the in and outside of that helmet. No. no, I will buy a mini helmet. I will buy a replica helmet. I will not buy that. So please do not. I don't need that one to be lifelike. I'm I'm good with yeah. that one being just a standard issue replica. That's fine. That's that's true. And the, the second thing that comes to mind in this whole scenario is yes or no. Daniel Suarez may have went to the Hooters at Daytona Beach, and that's where the whole issue stems from. You never I, know. I, you never know. I, you, you never know. I mean, you don't maybe want to maybe, throw maybe the maybe name of like cr- Hooters. Hooters has, I mean, they have good wings. I mean, I they, they have good wings. I would hope um, you don't vomit when you go no, just because you go to no, Hooters. I would hope no, it's got to be just, something else. Maybe you had a stomach bug. Maybe uh, he might you might have know, a stomach Hooters. bug. He could have had uh, Caribbean jerks or Krabby Joes. Maybe he uh, spent too much time at Biggins. You just the, naming restaurants? Are you looking for a sponsorship? What's going on here? Are you trying no, to? No, I'm just. I'm, that's the I'm opposite just, way to do it, by the way, is to name no. <laughs> them next to someone vomiting in their helmet. You're just pointing. No, I, I was just naming random Daytona businesses that stick out in my head, like the strip club called Biggins. Is that a strip um, club in Daytona? That's a strip I, club in Daytona called Biggins. Biggins. Nice. I yeah, did not I, know uh, that. I was but, in Daytona this summer and drove by it, and I was like, "Huh." They had they had people like had signs up like "Let us let us have our business back." Mm. It was the pandemic, right. obviously. Right. Yeah. Because uh, we were looking to stay, hang out on a patio and get away from everybody. So that's what we did. And so we <laughs> did you go to the Biggins patio in May to go to Florida? Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, I mean, they're going to be fine too. It's like fast forward four months later. It's like, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, it's still going on. So, yeah, still so, going yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's a tough uh, deal. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, I just, I, I, we're joking because Daniel Suarez is the one who tweeted this out, who, made mention of this so that's why we're having a little bit of fun at his expense if yeah. he was really seriously hurt he'd be in a hospital and we wouldn't be hearing about it right now <laughs> well obviously no i mean he he tweeted about it so he's fine yeah. other than the psychological damage yeah. that comes with smelling your own vomit for well, an hour it, or whatever it so was does he have to clean out the i mean this track house is a new team yeah does he true. show up at the shop tomorrow and clean out the car well, that's, the, that's always been the thing when people talk about, like, what do they do when they go to the bathroom? Well, the answer is that some of them will go in their suit or go in the seat or whatever, but the rule is supposedly that you have to come back to the the, tr- the offices the next day, and when they remove the seat, that's your deal is you got to clean all that out of it and or yeah. help them throw it away or something. I mean, if I'm, yeah. if I'm a NASCAR driver, I'm like, how much does a new seat cost? Here you go. Bet. I'm paying that. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not cleaning anything. Show me where the bolts are. I'll help you unbolt it, and then it's out of here. Like throw yeah. it in the trash can. <laughs> well, I and I do have this. I do have this question though about about the process because the last driver I knew that threw up in their car was Kyle Petty. He talked about it, and it was open face helmet era Kyle Petty. Right. So he moved his microphone off to the side, threw up between his legs, kept on going. Kept no on problem. Going. He's fine. Then, that would be that's then totally acceptable. Was, then now it was a family run team. And we have some family-run teams. Well, not family-run teams, but family yeah, members yeah, that you, are on teams well, right now. Well, you do, yeah. I mean. So I think he joked about the fact that he had one of his cousins clean it up because it's like, hey, man, I'm sorry. Uh, name's on the building. So now, <laughs> Well, what if now, that guy's like, so is mine. I'm just not allowed to drive the cars. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. Ma- Maurice Petty was still a Petty. I mean, yeah. he, he, oh, you know, yeah. he obviously was a big part of that team, too, back in the day. Uh, absolutely. You know, he wasn't Richard just, Petty, but he was still a he, Petty. Yeah, it's just funny the way he does it. And they're like, they're... Still to this day, like there's certain things happening with family members that uh, you like you don't think, you know, after what happened today to fast forward to here and just get away from the vomiting. I mean, there were some crazy incidences that happened. Christopher Bell won the race. Well, we will. Yeah, but there's always storylines that we'll get to. Um, well, we'll talk. Let's like, uh, let's talk about the actual race, because I think we've covered the Daniel Suarez vomiting incident enough. If everybody hasn't already it, lost their lunch. It, yeah. It, yeah. It. <laughs> Pitbull's going to be like, excuse me, what did he do in our car? I was not told this is part of the ownership group. I did not know this was a thing. That's uh, I didn't know that that happened. So, all right. We've got it all out of our system now. Just like Daniel Suarez. Hey! And we're hey. back. Um, all right. So, let's let's talk about the man of the hour. Christopher Bell, obviously, uh, he got his first win in a Cup Series vehicle. Didn't get one last year in his rookie year. And uh, I'll tell you, man, I think that last year broke a lot of his confidence um if you heard him after the race he said it was one of the worst years of his life um he talked about how frustrated he was not to be able to get uh nearly the finishes that he thought he was capable of and there were questions you know we talked about in our in our preview episode of what we thought about this guy and we we both thought that he was going to find a way to get a win 
but certainly that the the pressure was on him to perform now that he's in better equipment and man he delivered in this race I mean we can talk about how he got to that point and how the door opened for him but you got to take your opportunities when they come in this sport and he got an opportunity capitalized on it did not miss a turn and did exactly what he had to do to secure the victory so uh, congratulations go to Christopher Bell we're big fans Uh yeah, and he tried Joey Logano tried and tried and tried. And not only did Christopher Bell get him on the getting get him heading to the white flag, he gapped him almost by a second by the time they came back around. Yeah. I mean, Joey Logano left it all in the track and Christopher Bell was just the better driver of the day. Well, and Joey Logano said after the race, and I know this is the case, like he didn't go for tires the last pit stop. And yeah. Christopher Bell is one of the guys who did. His were shot. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, he he did th- mention that as like, you know, I wish we just had one previous lap, uh, you know, if, if we had one extra lap of caution, maybe we would have been door to door at the line as opposed to, you know, I think he was trying to save up his stuff for, you know, the final lap. And then by the time Christopher Bell got to him, it didn't matter. He just didn't have anything left. But yeah, man, uh, we've talked about Christopher Bell on this show. You and I have both. I mean, we've been to dozens of dirt track races over our lives, if not hundreds. I mean, certainly we've been to a lot. But Christopher Bell has been at, I don't know, probably. I've seen him probably run a dirt car, no joke, a dozen times or more. Yep. Um, And never fails when we've seen him at local tracks show up. He is just as pure as it gets in a race car driver. Uh, I've I've it's him and Kyle Larson for me I, di- I didn't get to see Steve Kinzer you know in his prime I didn't get to see Sammy Swindell in his prime even though of course he still runs but like as far as the big name guys that I've ever watched run dirt cars um, Rico Abreu well you can have Rico's yeah. great it, David Gravel is is obviously great Donnie Schatz the legend right but the law firm Parker Prince Miller Parker Price Miller Yes, PPM, my guy. Him too. Yeah, I will tell yeah. you, though, of all the people I have watched run a dirt car, uh, you know, whatever you want to throw on it, if you want to go late model, you want to go wing car, Chris Rebell, Kyle Larson. Those are the two guys. Yes. I, I've Those are just, for me, those are the two best I've ever seen. So mm-hmm. we knew the talent was there, but we've also seen Kyle Larson struggle in this series uh, to get to a point where he could get the finishes. And Chris Bell found a way in his second race to get that monkey off his back. And I think that's a huge deal for him going forward. We haven't even got to the ovals yet, you know, and who knows what these Gibbs cars are going to be like on the ovals. He may be a lot better there this year because of the power difference and all the other aero stuff that goes into it. They know how to set these cars up. So you might be looking at him winning multiple races this year. Now that he's already got one under his belt, but yeah, that's a pretty good feat for him. And this is the first non Daytona 500. I know we're still at Daytona with this race, but the first non-Daytona 500 race of your Joe Gibbs official cup career, and off you go with a win. That's, yeah, it's amazing. That's pretty spectacular. And, um, I mean, he's he's got no pressure for the next 24 weeks. Yeah, really. Weeks. He's, he really can just kind of work on his package, and which sounds kind of weird and dirty, <laughs> but... He can he can work on getting his car up to speed I at all the tracks, yeah. and he can focus on getting advancing through to the final because uh, there will be a road course uh, in the well, final final ten races. So. And you know who else is probably feeling real vindicated right now? Although I'm sure he I heard him after the race. He didn't want to say it. He just said it's all about Christopher Bell. But you know who his crew chief is that oh, is yeah. uh, Adam former, Stevens. Yeah, it's Adam Stevens, formerly hey, tough guy, hey, yeah. tough guy, <laughs> yeah, formerly. Hey, tough guy. Kyle Bush's uh, crew chief. They parted ways this offseason. And, uh, you know, there's Ben Bayshore is now taking over for Kyle Bush. And and I'm sure the results will eventually get there for him. Yeah, uh, when he doesn't wreck or, or ruin his front clip on the first lap, that, that, that that's not Ben Bayshore's fault. No, no. no that's, uh, that may not even be Kyle Bush's fault. No, it's just, it's just that's it's just racing. the nature of putting that's all those cars racing. on that turn one you know, on the road course there, it gets real narrow real quick. And so if you don't lift and you don't give, everyone thinks they can squeeze in and make it. And uh, unfortunately for him, it did not work. But yeah, yeah. that's the, the, but I'm sure Adam Stevens feels a bit yeah. vindication too to say, hey, I took a rookie driver or a sorry, second year driver, almost, you know, rookie, and we helped him get a victory. Um, so we're not as bad as I'm not as bad as everyone may have thought last year. It's not all on me last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we still have practice for a lot of these races and and I got my driver into a good spot. So, yeah, yeah I think he yeah, probably feels a bit of a package too. in the race. 
<laughs> Every, hey, man. And now a lot of guys, Michael McDowell's working on his package. You know, I mean, oh, you got a lot of guys working know? on their package. Jeez. I, I got a lot of guys working on their package. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, all right. So he's got Drew Blickensdurf for working on his package. <laughs> okay. that much. All right. It's not right. Okay. That's a, we're done. I think we're good. Um, but I will say uh, for Christopher Bell, uh, we're happy for him. And yeah, feel good. Now, it is not unfair to talk about that. Just like we talked about Michael McDowell last week and how good it was for him. And a lot of people in the garage are very happy for him. A lot of NASCAR fans felt good about this guy. So you can you can have all those feelings for various reasons, although Christopher Bell's not a huge underdog, right? He's running for Gibbs. It's not like he's a, you know, nothing, you know, small team. This is the big deal. This is what you got to do. But we can also acknowledge that the guy who was the best in this race for the majority of it was once again Chase Elliott. He is still the king on a road course. He had the best car and the best drive of anybody there up until a caution came out. And that caution has become very controversial because the caution came for rain. And the Mm. rain was intense for the few moments it was blessing the track with its presence, but it was definitely not the type of rain that was going to soak the track, uh, was going to make it at risk of losing the track. It in no way, shape, or form was any justification for putting on rain tires, even though all the teams started pulling them out. So I thought there was something on the radar when I'm watching the race. But uh, they threw the caution flag. A lot of people mad about that because that is viewed as, in part, what cost Chase Elliott his chance to win. Yeah, and uh, if it wasn't for that, I I may have won $4 in DraftKings, but... (laughs) This is the uh, most important see- thing. I'm glad we keep bringing yeah. it up. It yeah. is the most I mean, important thing to take it, out of this. Everyone wants to learn about everyone else's <laughs> fantasy fantasy results. I mean, that's that's uh, that's why you tune into the show. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. I mean, that's, of course. I mean, yeah, of course. But no, Chase Elliott's going to be fine this year. Uh, when I heard you talking about Michael McDowell winning, Christopher Bell winning, no one saw Michael McDowell winning the 500. That does have that Trevor Bain fluke that happens once a decade where you get a guy who you don't think could win or can win goes out and wins and then if i if i'm not mistaken unless i saw unless mcdowell got punted the last few laps he was up in the top 10 towards the end so where did he finish uh, uh, he did he race? did finish top 10 he yeah, has he finished top 10 he has two top 10 finishes now uh to as his does, name. as is ryan priest yeah um, so it's it's so, pretty impressive he has an eighth place eighth place finish for mike mcdowell let's get the rundown real quick christopher yeah. bell was first joey logano was second denny was third denny hamlin Kurt Busch was fourth, and we'll talk about him and this other guy, Brad Kozlowski, because they both had wild rides and both ended up in the top five somehow. Kevin Harvick was sixth. The Dinger was seventh with a top ten, so good for him. Michael McDowell, as we mentioned, was eighth. Ryan Priest was ninth, and rounding out your top ten was Alex the Showman Bowman making it happen. So there you go. There's your top ten. Yeah, and with that, you have to think about who are the drivers now that Christopher Bell is locked in. And Michael McDowell out of left field is locked in to the playoffs. There's only 14 more drivers that can make this field. Well, we'll we will definitely talk about that because, yeah, you're right. I mean, well, we can go through that yet. No, man. Ryan Priest, by the way, is not just he didn't just have two top tens. He he's seventh in points right now. That's big for that team. It's not likely to stay that way, but a huge deal for them to have that. Michael McDowell sixth in points. Um, yeah, so Christopher Bell is sitting fourth now, and he, like you said, is locked in along with Michael McDowell. Um, yeah. Let's just run through the guys real quick that are in the... T- I'm going to give you each driver. You tell me if you think you project this guy to win a race. We're going to see how many we come up with here, okay? Okay. Denny Hamlin. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Joey Logano. Yes. Kevin Harvick. Yes. Chase Elliott. Yes. Ryan Priest. Probably not. No. Okay. Kurt Busch. Yes. Okay, good. That was my that was my that was my initial yeah. reaction. All right, Kurt Busch. Hold yeah. on a second. Austin at- Austin Dillon. I'm keeping count. Austin Dillon. No. Okay. Brad Kozlowski. No. Cole Custer. No. Kyle Larson. Yes. Bubba Wallace. I already know. Yes. <laughs> Mar MTJ, Martin Truex Jr. No. You don't think MTJ is going to win in one race? He was pretty good today up until he wasn't. But his, his car was... His, they got they got like five more road courses. You don't think he's going to win one of them? I think he's done this year. Wow. Okay. Corey LaJoy. No. Okay. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. 
No. Okay. Now I I named those names in that order because that is currently the top sixteen in the Cup Series, um, and we came up with seven names to add to the two. So nine right now. We got now nine right now. These are the guys so that let's are. Let's say I'm well, wrong. here. Let me. Oh, no, hang on. Let me add a few more names that are not in the top sixteen mm-hmm. right now. Kyle Busch. You think Kyle Busch is going to win a race this year? Yes. Okay. You think Ryan Blaney's going to win a race this year? Yes. I know these are possibles, but Eric Almirola, you think could win a race yes. this year? Okay. Alex Bowman, you think could win a race yes. this year? Um, let's see. Uh, Chase Briscoe, do you think could win a race this year? Possible. I'm going to say no for this. Okay. Sake. Okay. William Byron, do you think could win a race this year? Yes. Okay. Um, and then two more for you. Tyler Reddick. Mm. Tough start for the year for him. Yep. Okay. But you, do you think he can win? Mm. No. Matt DiBenedetto. No. Okay. I added five more to the nine. Fourteen. That's fourteen winners. Now let's say we are. So those I think I think those are pretty reasonable. What you said and what I said, except for let's face it, Bubba Wallace. People are gonna be like, "What is he smoking?" Well, all right, but not. Let's okay. Let's say you're not as down on Keselowski and Truex as I am. You could and easily that's, see that's, two that's, more. So that's going to be 15. So say right. take Bubba out, put those two in. So let's say, okay, now you got the 16th. You got one spot left. Corey LaJoy strikes Spire Magic with Daytona again. Tyler Reddick. Uh, oh, Tyler Reddick could certainly win one. a Cole Custer. Bubba, Bubba Wallace, Wallace could win one for sure. Could win I'm, one for sure. I think, uh, and, and we didn't even mention, I forgot to mention him, Eric Jones, theoretically. Eric Jones could, have mean, could win a plate race, just yeah. like Bubba almost did a couple times sure. in the past. So, so it's you it's got not out of the realm of possibility. One, and then who else did? Who else was in there? Uh, you got Ross Chastain. Yeah, well, you've there's got, other names too. I I, I think the point is here. We're you've got it, with two guys starting left. off with two guys starting off like this. Yeah, if we have one more really out there winner that we're not expecting, that's it. That's well, it's not it, but it's gonna. I mean, you have to have Kyle Kyle Bush. You know, only. Kyle Bush. Barely won a race last year, right? I mean, Kozlowski is going to have to not win a race. Pretty much. And that's going to be hard for That'd be a shock. That would be a shock. One of those three for sure could not win a race, and that would be very possible. Yeah. All three not winning a race, highly unlikely, especially two cars in the Gibbs camp not winning. That would be almost uh, someone needs to look over their shoulder at that moment. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and and a guy that we think will certainly win one, as we mentioned, is Chase Elliott. He did not obviously get a chance to win one this time around. That late caution that people are mad about, you know, with the rain, I think it is important to know the rule. I'm not saying we have to like the rule, but I think it's important to know NASCAR does have a rule on its books. Bob Pockers tweeted this out, um, legendary NASCAR reporter, who said, you know, the rule states that once they've declared the, the race. states <laughs> and once the race is declared. Sorry. No, once the race is declared a dry race, meaning the start of the race is it is a dry track, not a wet track. If at some point rain falls on any portion of the track then they and they have rain tires then nascar is required to throw a caution out there to give teams the option if they need to change now that caution was probably thrown i i think for most people states a little too quickly but the reality is they denny hamlin said after the race where he was he could see the track changing color like it was turning a darker gray in turn two, I think is where the rain was predominantly. And that's up on the banking, you know, so I'm sure there was a legit reason why they did it. Um, again, you have to think about for all the conspiracy people, like, do you think they're trying to keep Chase Elliott from winning races? Like he's the most popular driver in the sport. This would be like them oh, trying to totally. conspire to keep Dale Jr. from winning races. Like you can say it's funny because I've seen people. I had a buddy of mine who texts me all the time. And, you know, we're watching the races and he's like texting me. He's like, this race is boring. It's so boring. It's just Chase Elliott to get on a road course. So boring. And then they threw the caution and he's like, I can't believe they're doing this to poor Chase Elliott. They're screwing him. And it's like, what? What? <laughs> Hang on, man. They're not screwing him. It's just what happened. It 
It yeah. rained. It's South Florida. They all the teams saw it. They put the, they brought the tires out. There was a rainbow over the track. Like everyone understood what was happening there. <laughs> NASCAR has to throw the flag there. We could say maybe in the off season they should review that rule and say it's at the discretion. You know, maybe a percentage of the track has to be covered. That's at NASCAR's discretion. They can have a little secret formula where they go, ah, oh, it's only in one turn, no big deal. Oh, it's three quarters of the track. Well, we should probably think about this. You know. And, and we could argue whether even they should do that because maybe they should just let the teams do like an F1, where if it starts raining enough, you decide to come in or not. But yeah, I legit think the reason they do it is because, unfortunately, F1, the regulations and the teams and the expenses are so much more controlled and they're so much more... They're so much closer in everything. Mm-hmm. You look in the NASCAR garage, man, there's always going to be a handful of teams that are going to be like, hell yeah, man, let's run out there and see what we can do. No, no, we're not putting a road, you know, the, the, the rain tires on, we're putting the slicks on, man, see if we can get a lead, you know, and, and then that car is going to wreck and possibly mm-hmm. wreck the whole field. Yep. Like giving Everyone's the caution at least gives everyone a good chance to really think yeah. this through before they just say, no, nah, we're going to stay out there. It's not yeah. that bad. And then they take yeah. out half the field. Yeah. Everyone's got a cold wit in their, uh, in their shop. So, uh, and on their pit box, there could always be a cold wit and whatever that, that crew guy's name is that called that famous infamous race where it ruined Elliot Sather's nationwide championship hopefuls. Uh, all those years ago, it still sticks in my brain and I don't know why I'm bringing it up now, but yeah, Go watch that. But, yeah, yeah. I have to look it uh, up. I don't even remember yeah. that one, honestly. You don't remember that one? Okay. No. Well, since we're going to Homestead, I'll say it real quick. Uh, there was about maybe well, I want to say five laps to go. Every car came in because it was at the end of the tire stop. Yeah. Every car in the championship finale at Homestead goes in to pit, except for the seventy-two unsponsored car of Cole Witt, because the crew oh, chief was like, "Go yes. ahead and stay out." I and now so spun I'm, the tire, I'm remembering this now. Backed up the entire inside line, uh, and it, it was the year I believe that either Suarez or Dylan won. Um, yeah, one of, and that that it was Elliot Elliot Sather had been dominating that race, and uh, yeah, and then shortly thereafter, I think the next year is when he raced at Colleague for a few years, or maybe it was a year or two after that he raced for Colleague for a few races, I should say, and then he's just back. He's just done coaching baseball now. That's all he's doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's so yeah, uh, yeah. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, so that's, that's why I always I always say that. Like, yeah, there's always a cold wit because you know sometimes there is. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, well, in either case, that's so. If you want to get mad about Chase Elliott not getting the chance to win, I mean, the reality is this: a lot of guys came in and took tires, right? And they went mm-hmm. back in the field, and then they made their way forward. If I remember correctly, Christopher Bell took tires and then made his way forward. When you get in the back behind drivers on worse tires, things like this can occur. Mm-hmm. You know? So the other option is you stay out if you're Chase Elliott and say, we're gonna be out there with a bunch of other like scrub teams, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. I, you know, I'm not trying to be mean. We're gonna be out there with a lot of guys who are gonna be on similar or worse equipment than us, and they're gonna be on similar tires. And so we're uh, Chase is a better driver than those guys. He'll pull out ahead of them, and then hopefully the gap will be big enough that the other guys can't, and they'll get caught up in wrecks and all that other stuff. So Chase could have stayed out. He chose mm-hmm. not to, and I don't blame him for not staying. I, I would have done the same thing that they did. Every, they are talking about it on the broadcast, but yep. this idea that like Chase Elliott was owed something in this, no. I mean, you had to drive through all that, and it sucks. He got he got caught up in some stuff, man. Ask uh, Brad Keselowski about that. Ask, like you said, ask Kyle Busch about that. I mean, a lot of these guys had to make their way up forward. By the way, Chase Elliott also got the benefit of all the points and everything, the way it's working out. They started on the pole, you know? A lot of these other yeah. drivers, like MTJ, had to drive through everything, you know? Yeah. Ryan Blaney had to drive through everything. Despite those guys being pretty good, they had to that's just the way the draw was. So yeah, I don't I don't feel too bad. I mean, I'm not, I'm I'm rooting for Chase Elliott most weeks, but I'm just saying I don't feel bad for him here. I mean, it he said after the after the race, I had a few mistakes, too many mistakes. And Reality is he he made a great save, got run off into the dirt and found a way to save it. I mean, we know we know the talents there and we know this guy's going to be in the mix of the championship. So, you know, it was it was an interesting finish. I don't think that NASCAR was trying to screw him over or anything like that. Far from it. No, far from it. You're right. And I I think that it's one of those deals that we're going to have Chase Elliott win the next three, four races. And we're going to all forget about this whole, you know, 
NASCAR conspiracy about trying to keep Chase Elliott from the victory lane because, you know, we know we need to keep the Michael Michael McDowell and Christopher Bell fans. Oh, yeah. Right. Of course. Right. Yeah. I think that's a that's a big deal. Um, (laughs) Did did you see all the wheel hops today? Of course, dude. It was it was all over the place. I wonder if there is like the banana peel button that like the track, the, the race director has. And he just says, all right. Larson coming out of the infield. Yep, yep, Man, Larson been. had a bad one, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, Boy, he, he overcooked that corner and slid and all so the way did, up. So did, uh, gosh, was it, it Truex had a bad one too. Yeah, um, he did. Did Chastain, well, did, he, did he get turned oh, or did he uh, Ch- wheel hop too? Yeah, Chastain I think had all of the above. I can't remember if he got pushed or not because actually that was the part where I got up and came back and then saw that he was just out of the race, which I had him in my fantasy lineup, so I was real thrilled with that result. But uh yeah, you know, one of the thing that uh, you know, in in talking about all these other things I forgot to bring up is that you know the guy obviously that spun chase that everybody rightfully so could be a little frustrated. I would be Denny Hamlin and uh, do those two have any history of no, Denny spinning Chase I, Elliott in any races? I can't seem I to recall. I don't know any. what you're talking about. At Martinsville, I can't mm, can't see mm. <laughs> Night race, Martinsville historic first one, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that of course has everyone, you know, talking about that and that's fine. I it so it makes the sport go around, man. We're going to have these debates. Should Chase Elliott could, you know, would he have just driven away from everybody? Probably. But how many Should races, Chase Elliott how many races have we seen race. that happen? I guess is what I'm saying, where the best car doesn't win. Yeah. That's yeah. That's what makes NASCAR that interesting. Happens, that that happens in racing all the time. Absolutely right. does. Yeah. That's why they have the phrase. It's that's racing. Yep, it is. Right. A um, couple other quick things here. Uh, Tyler Reddick, we will talk about because he he got absolutely destroyed by his teammate. Did you see that? Austin Dillon ran him off the track. Now, he yeah. ran out a little wide and was trying to get back in, and I guess maybe you could argue Austin Dillon didn't give him any room, but, boy, the two of them, it's that's an interesting one. I don't – that one's not getting talked about as much as the Brad Keselowski-Joey Logano thing, but I think it should because, I mean, he absolutely – Austin Dillon could have just checked up, let him back in line – had you know been a good teammate and helped out a guy who was you know right there with him just trying to you know trying to bring in some points trying to make sure that the organization does well the organization that his grandfather owns by the way yeah and instead he ruined a perfectly good race car not by, just his grandpa pop pop <laughs> pop pop owns it and well he destroyed one of pop pop's cars that was being driven by tyler reddick who didn't have the best well, day but clearly it's but not it's not his car so pop pop don't care as much I guess, man. I look. I, all I know it's is this: just a tax write-off. <laughs> all I know is that that is something that I would be keeping an eye on: is the relationship between Tyler Reddick and Austin Dillon, because I think we know who has more talent, at least in my opinion. Sorry, Austin Dillon fans. I, I think Tyler <laughs> Reddick is a far more talented driver. I'm not saying Austin Dillon didn't deserve the wins he has, but I don't think that he is as good of a driver as some people think. Uh, Tyler Reddick, though, I do think is. And I think that he's got a lot to prove this year. And when you already had a bad start to your season at Daytona, last thing you need is another bad start to your season at Daytona on the road course. And he didn't get any help from his teammate. I'm sure all no. that can't go through Austin Dillon's mind at the moment. He's just trying to do the best he can. But yeah, he he totally bumped his teammate off the track and ruined his day. That's where that fire came from is after the damage he got from running through Oof. the grass. Um, the other thing I'll say about running through the grass so there's a there's a level to it, right? Like if you run off the grass where Tyler Reddick did, you get destroyed. Uh, if you run off where like Kyle Busch ran off the grass, right? It can, mm-hmm. you know, jack up your whole front end. Uh, there are certain parts of the track where you cannot run through the grass there. But apparently Kurt Busch found the like cleanest patch of grass to run through of anyone because he went off big time in the kink. Yeah. Like he he completely botched yeah. that corner hit the uh he hit the what is that the little the rumble strips i guess yeah and upset his car the edge and he went all the way through at as about one of the fastest parts of the track that's not on the banking and somehow his car was fine because apparently i don't know they mow that section down a little bit more i have no idea but he had a crazy ride and like we said ended up top five after all that he still found a way to the top five i was shocked by that yeah he i mean and his retirement tour that he's in, he's <laughs> if he's proven us all that he's still got it. I guess he's proven Michael Walter wrong. Tell him he's fake news and everything. 
Yeah, I guess he is. I don't know, ice, man. Ice baby. Yeah, yeah, I still I still can't get over that video. That video is insane for many reasons. But now <laughs> Kurt Bush found a way to have a good run. And Brad Kislowski, who spun out about felt like twelve different times, and he's usually not that great on the road courses. Brad Kislowski found a way to also get himself up into the top five. So yeah. pretty shocking given like Logano was up there all day long. It was, you know, I thought Logano, maybe MTJ would have had something for Chase Elliott if everything had stayed, you know, normal, but didn't work out that way. And then, and then yet Joey Logano was still up there and his just, you know, his, his tires and brakes faded at the end. But meanwhile, his teammate is, you know, having a horrible day. It seems like he's all over the place, constantly off the track. And yet he ends up a couple spots behind him. I just, that's pretty shocking to me that Brad Kozlowski got to that point. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe it's because they had that talk. Maybe they talked. Well, they out. did. They, according and, to both of them, they yeah. did have a chat, and they hadn't spoken all week, as everyone kind of made note of in the media. Mm-hmm. Um, Brad says they're as good as they can be, <laughs> which I think is pretty. Jeez. Well, you know, well he he laughed about it. He was like, "Well, they're like, so are you guys good?" And he's like, "Good as we can be, man." You know, just kind of did that. Like, yeah, I guess. And I that guess Michigan twang. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yes. The, whatever the Brad Kozlowski accent that I attempted there was. Yeah. I mean, he's, well, no, he I mean, basically he's got said, this. He's. It's weird. He's got a Michigan twang. He does. I don't know how else to describe it. You're right. Maybe yeah. It's the years in Charlotte that have kind of turned his Michigan, Michigander, uh, dulcet tones into, uh, you know, something. Yeah, like some kind of southern accent. Yeah. And then Joey Logano's got the everything. Every A word is like cat fat i sat down like he's he does that all the time we're like yeah we were just running in the back and just trying back. to trying to <laughs> I got second back. i was trying to put a big gap in between them like that's just joey's accent all the time so in either case they apparently worked it out as teammates um the reality is they're probably not going to like each other joey logano gave a really good interview on sirius xm i thought that was pretty interesting where he basically said it's like a marriage you know at some point you're in this marriage you gotta make it work so are you gonna just keep going around and and keeping all these bad feelings or are you gonna have this conversation with the other person he's like so we're gonna talk eventually and i guess it happened this weekend so who knows maybe a top five for both guys helps them feel better coming out of daytona and they move forward but uh yeah man it's uh it's a little bit of a dicey situation for those two we'll keep an eye on that throughout the rest of the season but We'll see what they do at Homestead. Now, uh, mm-hmm. as as one young race car driver I heard recently said, they'll be leaving Daytona and going to a real racetrack. Uh, Homestead <laughs> is the next one up on the list. Speaking, yeah. speaking of that young driver, we will talk about him. He had a big weekend. We will talk about some IndyCar news as well. And that and more will be coming up next. You're listening to the Stagger Podcast. Welcome back to the Stagger Podcast. Uh, so, real quick before we get into the IndyCar stuff, uh, are you aware of this little point standings right now that we mm. we talked about some point standings earlier? We talked about your top, you know, your playoff rankings, guys who are in, guys who are out. But um, let me just give you this: I said Tyler Reddick had a bad points day, and it's not totally his fault. I think he got screwed over by Austin Dillon. I uh, didn't quite give him some room to stay on the track. I don't think that was good. Tyler Reddick, though, through two races, now has 11 points this season. Um, that puts him in the 30s. Let me get the correct number. It puts him 33rd. Okay. Oh, please tell please tell me an unexpected name that's above him. Oh, I got it. I, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, but worse than that is Matty D. Matt Benedetto has five points. Staring Not- up at Quinn Half. Right, not not five bonus points, as Larry Mack used to famously say. Just five points is all he's got right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Quinn Half has nine. And Quinn Half, by the way, went out after, what, like three or four laps? I think they said he had an engine issue. Like, he barely even got the race started, and then they pulled him off the track. I don't know if that was just because the car was bad. I don't well, know. But either way, this too. he has more I points want- than Matt Benedetto, and he barely ran this race, and I don't think he ran much of the last right. one. No, and well, he had some trouble with Daytona, but yeah, I wonder because you know how they told Christopher Bell not to burn down the engine. Yeah, uh, I believe they're they're trying to do an engine cap for the road course racing. Yeah, they are. So, they have to use so the engines are, again. I can yeah. see Starcom saying, "Hey, test this out. Um, we're here once. 
uh, we need this engine for Coda. Well, that could be for what it's worth. Or their official, the official story engine. was they had an engine issue. Yeah, the engine. I don't know if it was failure. Engine issue. Quinn Half, uh, someone I picked to win the race apparently in one of the <laughs> the, the pools I was in because I forgot to fill it out. There you go. So That's my, how that uh, works. Loving friendship people uh the friends at dick trickle racing put quinn half as my prediction for the race so thank <laughs> there you. you go That's i appreciate right. that um but the <laughs> uh guy who has more points than all those guys is josh balicki with 14 and no i've always said josh balicki has a has a tough name to say and now he's tough on the track too <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly. I've always, we've I've all always said, said that. that. I've always said well, about. We've always said that. We've always I mean, said about Josh Balicki. I mean, it, you know, if Austin Center keeps up his streak, I mean, he may take over Brad's ride, and Balicki may be in the. Wood that could be. Picture. You yeah. never know. Yeah, you never know. So, what if Josh Balicki and Drew Blickensdorfer worked together, and it was the Balicki Blickensdorfer team? I think that would be quite the deal. Working I hope on that their happens. package together. <laughs> I mean, it'd be it'd be unstoppable. <laughs> it'd be an unstoppable package. I agree hey, with that. Y'all you, you want to see what our what our Blicky is doing today? No, I don't. I don't want any part uh, of that. I, 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 mean, I, I was trying to talk about like engineering. Data, I'm just talking about Josh Balicki. What do you? Josh Balicki. <laughs> right. Let's talk IndyCar because there's some good stuff coming out of IndyCar that we have mm. not been able to talk about, um, and and we'll we'll talk more about it as we get closer to the season starting. But this news came out this week, and I think it's worth uh, a mention for all the NASCAR fans that listen, as well as the IndyCar fans. Because a big name in racing is now connected to IndyCar. That is Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yeah. He has joined the ownership group of the Music City Grand Prix. Uh, so they announced that. He is uh, among a group of owners that also includes Justin Timberlake. JT is uh, part of that group too. So very nice. But here's what uh, Dale Jr. had to say. He said, I've been excited about the Music City Grand Prix since I first heard about it. It'll be an incredible event combining great music and racing in one of my all favorite, all-time favorite cities. I'm excited to be a part of the group and look forward to not only this year's inaugural event, but great racing in Nashville for years to come. Now, why is that a big deal? I mean, I don't know, Derek. Maybe you have thoughts on that, but I have them as well. well what do I, you think have, about that announcement? I mean, A, it's, it's, it's the continuation of this blending of IndyCar and NASCAR. So it's making me happy as a racing fan because I love IndyCar and NASCAR. I'm... Uh, and IMSA, all the sports that we talk about, all the race, forms of racing of American racing that we talk about in F1. So, I mean, I'd love for Dale Jr. To, and people like this, Roger Penske, to continue deepening those ties between the two sports. But I also think and I know that Dale Jr. is a smart businessman. So this is a good business decision on his end. And this shows that there's going to be longevity. It's not going to be a one-off event like the Houston Grand Prix was a couple of years ago. Um, this is going to be an event that stays around for for years and years, hopefully. But also, too, it's going to be really nice when Dale Jr. can make a phone call to the Nashville Council, City Council, and say, hey, y'all, you know that uh, fairgrounds track? Yeah, uh, yeah, NASCAR, we need to get that um, We need to get that race uh, moved from the speed, the super speedway. Oh, that's, that's going to over to the fairgrounds. They're going to do that. That's not. I know, but I know, but I'm just saying like, it's, it's not, it's not going to hurt. Well, yeah. Dale Jr. Dale Jr. Jr. having a vested interest the, the in that. That's fair. And, and I mean, and make sure they get to the right Nashville track in 2020. I'm just saying, I'm quite sure the Nashville people, I think they also want that fairgrounds track thing to happen. They just, it's not ready yet. They don't have it all finalized and done, but they'll get it done. Still I'm, got I'm dirt sure. from the outlaws from last year. Oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah, true. I think so. <laughs> yeah. But that, you know what? That's where the new stadium is. The soccer stadium is right next door to that. And that's where I think yeah. some of the issues have come in is working. I mean, they everything just race there. there. Just put, just <laughs> pave the seats, make it a big old bull ring with the roof on it. There you go. We don't need, yeah. Yeah. That's not an anti soccer thing. That's an anti national FC thing because we're, we're Columbus Crew fans. So, yeah. We, we love, are Columbus Crew fans. We love we are soccer. massive. Yeah. And it's our yellow first. You that's took right. our yellow. That's right. Give Nashville. us our yellow back. That's You're right. not the yellow soccer team. We are. That's right. We're coming for you. So another thing that's happening. Stick a guitar up your never mind. Okay. <laughs> another thing that's happening uh, with this uh, with the Nashville street race, which by the way, if you don't know, they're running on the streets of Nashville. It's not a road course somewhere out in the hills. It's they are converting the downtown streets of Nashville into a street course for this event. Uh, but uh, Elio Castroneves is going to be racing this as well as part of his deal with Meyer Shank Racing. He was scheduled to run six races with Meyer Shank, and one of them was apparently going to be at Barber Motorsports Park. Now that one is off the schedule, and instead he is going to go run at Nashville. So very mm. cool. 
his program with uh, Meyer Shank Racing, based in Pataskalo, Ohio, right, not too far from you and me. Aetna, to be specific, but yes. Well, all right, whatever. Yeah, either. Yeah, I said it like <laughs> Pataskalo. Like people are like, oh, I know where that is. Aetna, I have no idea. Like, <laughs> either you know or both, or you don't. Um, but either way, so. <laughs> Uh, Elio is going to run the Indy 500. Obviously, he will also then go to Nashville. He will go to the IMS Road Course, Portland, which is another cool track that's on the schedule this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Laguna Seca or Seca? Well, I don't know why Seca. I said Seca. Seca. Laguna Seca. <laughs> Get a Seca Genesis. Uh, Laguna Seca and Long Beach. Uh, so that is his schedule. But very cool. I'm, I think that's another big name to add to this thing. When you look at the star power of IndyCar this year, my friend, it is uh, Jimmy Johnson, you know, Scott Dixon, obviously, we've talked about as the GOAT, but there's so many good things going for IndyCar right now. And the fact that now Dale Jr. is going to have a vested interest in telling everyone, hey, guys, make sure you watch the races. Now, he already has, right, with, uh, you know, running, he ran an iRace in an IndyCar. Um, he's, he's done a lot with the sport in that mm-hmm. way. He definitely is passionate about it but there's nothing that makes you more passionate about anything than having a vested monetary interest in it so i'm excited for this partnership with him i'm excited for elio to run that nashville race like this is just going to add more star power to that already cool event yeah it it most certainly is and i think if you look across the indycar spectrum you could pick and pull people out of that series plug and play them into another series and they're going to be respectable i wish i could um yeah, I don't know what I'd have to do within reason, but I'd love to see Scott Dixon hop into uh, even a, uh, you know, like not obviously not a Haas car that wouldn't work out for anybody, but you know, it, it would be, it would be great to see him in a racing point car and see what, what Scott Dixon could do in a, in a mid tier F1 car. I bet you. He yeah. Sadly, be, I'd love to see yeah. it too. I just don't think that's in the cards. Oh, it's not going to happen. It's not, but I'm saying if he did, you could, you've already seen what Kevin Magnuson and Marcus Erickson can do in an F1 car when they have good equipment. Yeah. They can get, they can score points. They can get up and, and, and mix it up and, and in Kevin Magnuson's case, get a podium. Um, so that's what the field is that you have uh, in IndyCar. You got Takuma Sato, two time reigning Indy 500 champion. I mean, this is a big, massive field. It's a way different, and no offense to these guys, it's a way different field from the days of Simone Di Silvestro and EJ Viso and good racers, but not world-class racers. Well, and not just, and more than that, not as established of names. I think the cool yeah. thing with IndyCar, think about it, like how many former F1 drivers are going to be in the random IndyCar field? At, at Like, I'm not talking at the Indy 500. I'm saying at like a road course, you know? At Mid-Ohio, you can yeah. see a seven-time champion. Mm-hmm. You can see a kart champion with Sebastian Bourdais. Yep. You can see the GOAT. Scott Dixon. Yep. You can see Mr. Oh, Mr. Mid Ohio too. You can see uh, F1 drivers Sato, uh, um, well, Erickson, Romain Grosjean. Romain Grosjean is in the Romain Grosjean. Like yeah. <laughs> the amount of like stars, legit stars that are just in this IndyCar series this year. It's gonna be a blast. And yeah, to go to a random IndyCar race, name your track, man. Like it kind of makes me want to drive down to Alabama and go to barber for the opener i know that yeah elio won't be there but i think everybody else that we just talked about will be and i really have always wanted i've always wanted to go to barber motorsports park maybe i'll have to make the drive down there uh yeah you know what's right out you know what's right outside of that by the way not to just totally derail but you and i are fans of talladega uh, (laughs) no it's not um it's out of it's outside of um birmingham i believe is where the barber motorsports park is i want to say in leeds alabama um, Leeds, Lloydus, yes. Okay, are you aware of the Bucky's convenience store? Because you and I are big fans of gas stations. We like when mm. we travel. You talked about how I much can't travel without them. You enjoy I'll run out of gas. Well, all right. You, <laughs> God, <laughs> you know how you last week we're talking about how you like the Love's Travel Stop. Well, are you familiar yes. with the Bucky's brand Is of it travel anything stops? Anything like the Casey's General Store, dude? Okay. Bucky's is apparently this this convenience store gas station with 39 locations in Texas, Alabama, and Georgia, but they used to be just in Texas. They are known for having like somewhere north of 50 or 60 gas pumps at one stop. Okay. That's number one. Number two, the store, the convenience store is like the size of a grocery store. They and they have, among other things, 
a jerky bar where they have fresh made beef jerky on site, like 20 different varieties you can get. So you can just watch a guy make jerk. Well, I I think more it's just the fact that they have varieties of it freshly done that are right there for you with a lot of custom flavors. They have a fudge bar where you just walk up and they're making fudge all day. They're open 24-7. They have like food. What I'm saying is I was looking up because I I wanted to I was reading about this the other day and I'm like, where's the closest one to me? And it turns out it's the one that's in Leeds, Alabama from you and me. That's like a nine hour drive. But that one is right outside Barber Motorsports Park. So theoretically, Mm. we could go and knock off two birds with one stone. We could go to an IndyCar race at Skip Barber Motorsports Park. And then we could also go to one of the biggest gas stations in the world and check that out and they are known for their award-winning bathrooms which i know is a big thing for you so that's what you got i'm just saying that's a huge deal oh, it's a huge man. deal it's, man. You know, it's so funny because like you did that today you were looking up this today for what's this place called again bucky's bucky's general store bucky's yeah. convenience stop that's what you're looking up nine yeah. hours away me i'm i'm checking flights i'm going oh cool copenhagen they got an eight and a half hour flight that I can get to. So I can get to Copenhagen about nine hours. It's not too bad. Oh, it's under a thousand. Okay, cool. Maybe we'll you're the international traveler of the family. I just, I'm, I'm the I guess I'm more the gas. Sta- I'm just on the gas station budget. Like, you're the okay, international flyer the, over it's here. It's only thirty euros to get up to Stockholm from <laughs> Copenhagen. Okay, we could stop in Malmo on the way. I'm sorry. What'd you call yeah. it? It's not Copenhagen. What's it called? Copenhagen. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, see, because you've been there. Yeah, Malmo. Copenhagen. All right. Rostile. The point is. When which you, is the home of Kevin Magnuson. Okay, you go fly to wherever you need to. What I'm saying is I may just Danish. I want to I want to go to an Indy car race this year. And obviously yes. we have one at Mid-Ohio, but I kind of want to go to the season opener at Barber Motorsports Park. Like I want to get down you there. You just haven't traveled at all. That's the thing. I mean, you you've, you've No, I want to go to an Indy car race and also to a giant gas station. Like I want to do both. Is that so <laughs> wrong? Why it's can't I have so my dream? Live live your life. Have your fudge and your jerky too. I, That's what I say. <laughs> I feel like if I drove nine hours, got out of the car, used that bathroom, bathrooms used the bathroom at a nice slinging. gas station, and then rolled into the track, watched a three or four hour Indy car race, and then two hour had to Indy stand in line at a Porta John. Yeah, but like, then then I get right back on the road. I mean, in in like a twenty four hour period, I could do all of these things and be back in just twenty four hours. You would fall asleep in Paducah, Kentucky, so fast. That's probably before that. I'd probably before have to. That. I'd probably have to yeah. stop in in Nashville. And check out all the speedways that are happening. Nashville went from having like no functional speedways to now like the entire city is a speedway. I'm very excited about that. That's good for them. (laughs) I'm excited about it. Um, All right. So we talked our IndyCar. We'll talk more, of course, as the season gets nearer. But just know we love IndyCar and we can't wait for this season. It's going to be fun. Uh, Now let's switch gears and talk about the other two series in NASCAR that ran this weekend at the road course. Uh, Xfinity Series. Ty Gibbs got the job done. Mm. What a what a drive that was, man. He was phenomenal. From 16th starting. Yeah, spot. dude. Okay, first of all, as we talked about, we did our DraftKings preview. We're going to start trying to do more preview episodes before the weekend, give you our picks and things like that. I did a DraftKings uh daily fantasy for the Xfinity series. And I threw in, you know, Austin Sindrick. I threw in AJ Allmendinger. And one of the guys that helped me save money was that Ty Gibbs was like 4500 bucks, And I was like, well, sweet. I'll throw him in my, you know, lineup. Mm. I don't know what he's going to do. It's his first Xfinity Series race. But it's 4500 bucks. Let's see what this kid can do. He'll be in good equipment. Turns yeah. out he can go out and win the race, which is uh, just a fantastic feat for him. So congratulations to him. He was phenomenal. Yeah. And, I mean, if you look at what he's done – He's gone from becoming a household name in, in NASCAR, you know, uh, circles from his comment about, hey, at least we get to go to a real racetrack in Phoenix, you know, for the Arca series and race again uh, in a few weeks. That's what his comments was after last weekend's uh, race, which, we, which we, we played on our show last week. And this week he goes out to Daytona in an Xfinity car, two, uh, two steps up on the ladder and goes out and spanks the field and gets a victory. Yeah, and, they, and so they, Martin Truex Jr. made a pass in Turn One today uh, in, the, in the NASCAR Cup race, and uh, I think Clint Boyer was was talking. He said, "Oh, he made a Ty Gibbs move." He yeah, that was that move. dude. That that move he made I mean, was unreal. Well, he yeah. had a couple of them. He was just yeah, but it's just it, out it's of his just mind. His first Xfinity race, and you've already got Clint Boyer, a seasoned veteran, 
of this series going, oh, look, Martin Truex Jr., NASCAR champion, made a Ty Gibbs move. Yeah, really. I know. it was. I mean, think about how, how surreal that is. Go back three weeks from now, and I would say, hey, wouldn't it be crazy if you, you know, if something was defined as a Ty Gibbs move at a track as big as Daytona, as famous as Daytona? Isn't that insane? Oh, I know. I know the race right? is only the second time they've done the cup race on the on the road course. Yeah. But still, I mean, and, and he's going to have a lot of growing pains to go through. But, man, um, he is something special. And for the Gibbs family, you know, having his uncle pass away sure. uh, recently. Yeah. Uh, being his father, you know, Coy Gibbs is – He's ran the uh, back when Dale or Dale Jr. Back when Joe Gibbs used to have the uh, Supercross program, Coy was in charge of that. So and Coy uh, ran been, some. Uh, I want to say some truck series, some Xfinity. Yeah. He definitely was, you know, a racer as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Driving so as well. it doesn't. The apple doesn't far too fall far fall too far from the tree. But it looks <laughs> right. like this tree is already a little bit bigger and having you know having more opportunities. Well, and uh, I, I've seen some people. Age. Some people bring up. They're like, well. Yeah, but Ty Gibbs is in great equipment. So what do you want him to do? Uh, all right, let's just real quick have a discussion about that. Um, so what, is Chase Elliott. Yeah, dude, exactly. <laughs> what, do, what did you think Dale Earnhardt Jr. was driving coming up, by the way? Like, what do you think half these, not half of them, but how many of these guys were in pretty good equipment? E- either if, if we're talking about, obviously, Joe Gibbs racing kind of has the best garage. Them, Hendrick. You know, it, Penske, like oh, you're, you're talking about. We want to rate garage. Well, no, that's, I, a, that's a whole. That's not. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about down. how they look, doofus. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, like, as far as the the firepower they bring, they know what they're doing. They put together good race cars. But how many guys have we seen climb into a Joe Gibbs race car and put a top five? You know, put a top ten, but to win in their first time out. Do you want to know the list of guys who have done that? in their careers and their first Xfinity start. You want to know the list of guys who have won their race? Um, Well, there's like five of these guys where you're like, that makes sense. And then one guy, I'm sorry, four of these guys who you're like, that makes sense. One guy where you're like, huh, interesting that he's on here. So here are the four guys who won their first time out that you will make sense in an Xfinity car. Dale Earnhardt, Ricky Rudd, Mm -hmm. Terry Labonte, Kurt Busch. Mm -hmm. The fifth guy is Joe Rutman. We're Good racer. Not not quite in the category of those guys, but yep. Joe Rodman, long time, good racer. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, now Ty Gibbs joins that group. Those are the only guys who have ever done it in the Xfinity series. And all I'm mm-hmm. pointing out is Dale Earnhardt Jr. made a debut in that series. Uh, Chase Elliott made a debut in that series. And so have, you know, dozens of other drivers who had, yeah. you Kyle know, Bush. similar pedigree and, and, and were in pretty good equipment Mark too. Martin. Yeah, I'm just saying a lot of these guys... Maybe maybe he he did have some great. Shauna Robinson. <laughs> now you're just making just the most random Xfinity drivers you can. There, I'm not gonna lie. That's fine. Uh, the point is though, Ty Gibbs, good for him. And whether you were a fan of his or not before, I, I'll tell you, man. I'm watching that kid wheel it. I am a fan of anybody who can drive like that. He he yep. is he is a wheel man for sure. So and give me rich kids that can drive that don't have a silver patch in their head or a silver spoon in their mouth. And I'm excited to watch them race. Sure. Well, but you know what, though? He he got the job done. Mm-hmm. But everybody, who is everybody excited about? Who would he have maybe stolen that victory from? Who did he mm-hmm. beat in that race? Well, that's Austin Sindrick. Austin Sindrick. Does Austin Sindrick have any well-connected no, people in No, I don't think he has any Penske? ties at all. <laughs> I think they found him at the GoPro Motorplex <laughs> down the street from Penske. That's how that happened. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. what are we talking about? Austin Sindrick gets a ton of credit, and rightfully so, for being a road course expert and being a great driver he won the championship last year and his dad runs Penske pretty much or is one of the key figures at Penske so that's fine the point is this is a family business people have known that for years the Francis have run it you know there are families that have you know you look from the petties that's another one that we could have brought up we didn't did Richard Petty run in good equipment or did he just have to like shoestring budget this thing like you go as Dale Earnhardt, yeah. right? I mean, all these guys, to some degree, had some level of involvement in the sport before they ended up getting to where they were. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's I mean, okay it's to very have odd that a that a kid from suburban wherever or inner city wherever just says, "Hey, mom, dad, can I get a race car?" And they're like, "Sure, yeah." They right. get a race car, and then boom, he makes it to cup. So that I mean, that's three of the most people, three of the most popular drivers in the history of the sport are Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Chase Elliott, 
All three of them had dads who raced in the sport prior and had a good leg up in the system before those guys ever turned a wheel. So that's okay. You're allowed to do that is all I'm saying. You are. You're allowed to do that. Yeah. So good stuff from Ty Gibbs. And uh, yeah, I didn't didn't hate that at all for him. Uh, The other real quick thing, we will talk truck series and then get out of here. But uh, man, the truck series is fun this year. Ben Rhodes is two for two. He won both of those uh, races at Daytona, but... He and Sheldon Creed had a nice little battle going there, and Sheldon Creed couldn't get the job done, but in part, he was he felt a little uh, frustrated by what happened between the two of them because he felt like when they were running, if, if, if you didn't see this race, so Ben Rhodes was was by like, I don't know, uh, not even a, a, a few hundred feet. He was about to take the white flag, okay, in regulation yep. of the race, which is a weird thing to say. And they were debating whether or not to throw a caution flag because there was a wreck. There was some other stuff on the track. They ended up throwing the caution. And I'm talking like literally throwing the caution where if you're Austin Dillon, you're already got your hand out the window celebrating because he's not at the line yet, but he was about to be. And they threw the they had the they had the white flag out. They pulled it back and waved the yellow flag. So he did not take the white flag. So that meant they had to do like three overtimes because they ended up having a bunch of wrecks after that. But Ben Rhodes was rightfully going to win the race. And then they had a bunch of wrecks. He ended up still winning the race. But he and Sheldon Creed, during one of the overtime segments, the first one, Sheldon Creed got ahead of him. And then Ben Rhodes bumped him out of the way. And Sheldon Creed felt like earlier in the race, he had raced Ben Rhodes cleanly, didn't bump him, and passed him the way you're supposed to. So he said, I'm not going to forget about that. Typical thing you hear from drivers. But... Yep. Sheldon Creed's the champion, the defending champion. Ben Rhodes mm-hmm. looks like he is well on his way to making a run at a championship this year. So nice little battle forming there between, uh, you know, a Chevy driver, a Toyota driver. Uh, you know, those two teams are pretty good. GMS versus uh, Thor Sports. So I like to see that. That's I'm not saying that Creed that. is right. I'm you not do, saying that Ben trust. Rhodes is right. I'm saying I think that's a good battle for the sport and that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I think the thing with the the thing with the trucks that they've had a lack of in the last few years, and I love the trucks, is they've had a lack of consistent rivalries in the sense that is Sheldon Creed going to all of a sudden go to Gibbs and take over Martin Truex Jr.'s ride? Probably not. He's no. probably going to be a truck series regular for a while, maybe some Xfinity stuff. Uh, same with Ben Rhodes. Ben Rhodes is not going to work his way up the ladder. More than likely, he could. Um, but more than likely, he's not going to land a ride at 2311 Racing, be the second car next year. Um, he, th- these are guys that are going to be in the truck series battling it out for championships. Now you add in Johnny Sauter. Now you add in Matt Crafton. Now it seems like back in the day when you had Ron Hornaday, Brett Bodine, or Brett Bodine, Todd Bodine, uh, the, you know, Red Horse Racing, that yeah. whole stable of drivers, that made it really interesting to be a NASCAR fan and a NASCAR truck fan. And I feel like we're getting that back. Um, with this, with this, with this group of guys that are guys and gals that are racing, so I'm really yeah. excited for it. And the new rookies coming in, there's just there's a lot of energy with the truck series, and I'm pretty stoked to see it. Yeah, it was a it was a good battle there between those two. Sheldon Creed also got hit by uh, the guy who was driving Jordan Anderson's truck, who I don't remember his name, and I don't think we're going to have to remember it because I don't think that's going to be a guy you're going to see in that truck very often. But uh, he was like dead last in that truck, and then. Sheldon Creed was lapping guys and this was during the rainy segment of the race because it did rain they did start off with rain tires actually they put those on before the race even started uh and so plenty of you know off-track excursions for a lot of these drivers people were kind of taking a dump on the series and saying ah there's nobody you know nobody good in this series and Denny Hamlin even chimed in and said more road courses kind of like sarcastically and it's like you know the truck series is where people come to learn Right. And these yeah. trucks are not easy to drive. They're not meant nope. to be easy to drive. Same for the Xfinity cars. These these are not made to go on road courses, but that's what makes this fun. And yes, the caution, I will say what they think they should do, at least for the truck series, because it took them, dude, it was, uh, they, they did the math on it. It was like 40% of the race was run under caution. Really? And, yeah. And part of the problem is because they run the laps but then they run, you know, like somebody wrecks and then it's yeah. three and a half miles all the way around yeah. under caution. And then you got to do it again to get everybody through the pits. Yeah. And meanwhile, it, it feels like an eternity just to do a, they you know, should caution. Have like a cheat, like a cheater lap that like, like, yep. They should That's just be exactly. able to skip the infield. They should yeah. be able to skip for those rovals. I think they should be able to skip the infield. 
Yes, I agree. Like, like they should have it set up so that you can just skip the, just run around under caution. Maybe under caution, do one lap to allow for a safety truck to get there and pull the cones or something. Yeah, and then once the field goes by, you put the cones back up. You scoot back in the infield, get the all clear around NASCAR three. Well, you know what you could do? You could you could count those as half laps too. Yeah, couldn't you count them as half? So that way you don't affect like fuel mileage, and you know you could say like, all right, well we realize we're running a shorter track here, so we're going to count this as half a lap, and we're going to make sure we run two for every one we would have run on the road. But that'll be at least an easier way to run two of those, and that gets everyone through the pits. You know what I mean? And then you only have to one run run one actual lap of the race not two or three or four and you get more into green but the other thing they could do is just go local cautions you know if someone's now depending on where it is much sense now you better you better turn this podcast off because or else we're going to (laughs) be we're going to be uh you know accused of being doing some smart things that just talking out of our rear ends yeah well hopefully we can uh continue to do that this week we're going to bring you some more content this week we have uh a podcast that we are planning on having on Wednesday. We're going to actually record it ahead of time, but we are going to, well, that's how podcasts work. Go figure. But we're going to, <laughs> but when we get done with this, I think you're going to be impressed. We we are going to talk to a member of a NASCAR crew, uh, and that will be what you're going to hear on Wednesday's podcast. Uh, and then Friday, we do plan. We are going to uh, have another preview because now the, at least the cup cars and the Xfinity guys I think in the trucks too. I can't remember. Anyway, they're all, most of them are going to Homestead and we will talk yep. about what that track brings. I am a big fan of watching the Homestead race. I know you are too. Oh, so we're going to talk about the the players that we think are going to be involved. It's a little different than the road course, clearly. So lots to get to there. A lot of content got, coming this week for you. I've got one for you. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Yeah. Give me a Friday prediction. Show. You have a prediction for Homestead? Yeah. If, if Kurt Busch wins the race on Sunday, he needs to just do a four scump and drive down the expressway down to Key West. <laughs> Go back I to mean, that he, bar. Yeah. yeah. He just Hell should. Yeah. And yeah, that's what he should do. And just ask for a monster on the rocks. That's because, the celebration. I mean, you know what? No NASCAR driver has done that that I am aware of, at least not just in any drive, Just time. drive right out just the like, tunnel. Dr- just drive. Yes. Just like go you know past victory lane and say, I'm sorry, I can't be here anyway. Yeah. And they're like, where is he going? And he just drives out on the track and then goes out in the parking lot and does donuts. Could you imagine so, that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Christopher Bell lost his opportunity to do that. So I'm calling Bubba Wallace, Tyler Reddick, all you guys with your first NASCAR When you win your first race. Drive, drive out into the parking out lot. The damn tunnel. Yes, drive that's out of the tunnel into the parking lot and do a burnout in the parking lot. Yep, first driver that does that, do. you you will be our favorite driver of all time. So go do yep. that for your first win. I'm all the first time that, winners I, have a chance to do that. Yes, I just picture someone in the Xfinity series doing that at Mid Ohio, and there's like a county road <laughs> <laughs> in Morrow <laughs> County, Ohio. He's just sitting there and like an oh, dude. Let's like, think, hey, yeah. man. I'm sure there are tracks where that would not be the best idea. Like. I'm there, thinking Daytona. I'm thinking Indianapolis would be cool, like 16th and Georgetown. Oh, man. Go right out to the corner. Uh, yeah. the, like the turn one corner, whatever those two streets are. Maybe you said 16th them and Georgetown. Yeah, yeah. Said. Go right out to that stoplight by yep. the Speedway gas station and just yep. just do some burnouts right there. Awesome. Yep. And then go to, the, cool. go to the pancake place and sit with AJ Foyt. Charlie Brown's pancake and steak. Have I told that story on this podcast? Yes, you have. Five times? But you know what? We'll we'll tell it again when we get to the month of May. We'll do it again. Month of May, that's your time to do it. How about that? Month of May, we should record from out there. Get that vaccine. Dude, I want to get everywhere, man. As soon as we can get out, I'm going out for sure. Yep. Um, Yeah, we will have more to say about that. Until next time, though, thanks for listening. And as always, stay safe and stay staggered.